We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. So here we are. It is mailbag night with Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Steiners. How's your day gone, Vince? Oh, my day was, let's just say my day was one where the principal had to put out a letter to parents. That's oh, my, boy. That's how my one day went, Sean Steiners. So, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how my day went. But uh, it went fast. I'll say that it went very fast today. So very busy, very fast. Yes. Interesting. Hang on just a second. Oh, all right. Sounds good. Had to grab my notepad. Oh, very important. Very yes. important. Write down things. <laughs> well, get those questions in, everybody. I see people logging in and, and getting ready to go. We've only had a couple of questions so far. It is mailbag night. And of course, this is the night where we answer your questions. And you know, we've probably been a- answering more than usual these last couple of days between this show and, and Brian and Ryan's show and everything, <laughs> you know, with the offensive coordinator. Good point. And all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been eventful on my end, but still standing. <laughs> Rocking and rolling. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And we're like right in between games for you. So, yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Got a game tomorrow night. And so, of course, we won't have a show tomorrow night. We're still still working out Friday because we've got the media thing oh, that's at noon, right. which pushes back Brian's show. And I've got something I've got to do about, Friday night. I completely so. forgot about Friday. <laughs> well, your thing yeah. Friday sounds like a blast, if I'm being honest. Like, that sounds really cool. So, Well, I, I don't not. actually get to go, but, oh, you okay. know, the wife and I are doing – I don't know if, like, Maybe our, our, our viewers slash listeners have heard of it. Like Tim Tebow does these things around the country. He sponsors these Tim Tebow proms for special needs people. And, of course, my daughter is someone with special needs. And uh, so there's going to be one in Warsaw, which is about an hour south of here. Yeah. And so my daughter's going to the her first Tebow prom nice. Friday night. And, you know, since Valentine's is next Tuesday, my wife or my, my wife and I are going to some, I don't know how fancy, but, you know, fairly nice restaurant. There's I think, some good restaurants out there in Warsaw. So I don't, like literally, I think the only one I've ever been to is like Golden Corral. When my son, when Jesse used to play in baseball tournaments down there, we'd hit the <laughs> Golden Corral or whatever the, you know, Ponderosa <laughs> or whatever that place was uh-huh. down there. So that's awesome. That's about it. <laughs> that is great. So, all right. Well, you know, again, throw some questions in. We'll go ahead and get started with what we've got so far. And, um, you know, some, some people are trying to snap our brains right away. Tyler wants to know, what do we think of the rumors of San Diego State and SMU joining the Pac-12? And I think it's beyond rumor stage. There is actually some like things going on with that where uh Klevkoff, the Pac-12 commissioner it was either visiting SMU today or going to be visiting tomorrow um 
you know, hmm. from a brand standpoint, I just, you know, it's like SMU and San Diego State. That doesn't really do a whole lot for me. You know, SMU, you would be at least in the Dallas market, but it's still not like SMU captures the Dallas. I mean, you know, you got Fort Worth right next door with TCU right. and, and Texas is still, you know, and Baylor's just south of there and Texas is still the biggest show in town. So I don't know that it necessarily moves the needle for me, but I guess if you're the Pac-12 You've probably got to do something because they're still trying to work out a TV contract, and you yeah. know they're 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 trying to they're trying to hold it all together, you know, if, before it falls yeah. apart. And if they're work, they're still trying to work out that TV contract, right? That means getting the Dallas, you know, area is something that they would want to look into. It's like when the Big Ten yeah. went and got Rutgers, so they get the New York market, which was ridiculous, yeah. but. They did it for the TV market, right? Well, at least you and, get in there, yeah. Because regionally, SMU makes no sense to the Pac-12. Exactly. Right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. They're they're trying to get the Dallas-Fort Worth TV market, so I guess that makes sense. So it makes about as much sense as Rutgers to the Big Ten, you know. And uh, they're trying to stay value or you know viable. The the Pac-12 is still trying to become or maintain their Power Five status, which is not going to be. A very easy thing to do if things keep trending the way that they're trending and picking up SMU and San Diego State. I just don't know that that keeps them super viable, but hey, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Josh said he graduated from Warsaw and doesn't miss anything about it. Well, <laughs> well fair enough. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, though, Josh, I don't know the last time you were at Warsaw High School, though. It has the athletics side of things at Warsaw is pretty amazing at this point like they got a field house and they i mean it it is beautiful they are the gold standard when it comes to the athletic facilities in this area right david says he's surprised you know the boise state has a better record than san diego state and smu and and you know surprised that they're not considering boise state everything i've heard about boise state in the pac-12 in the past is the you know, football is one thing, but the rest of the sports just aren't, you know, where they need to be, basically, from Boise yeah. State's standpoint, to you know, to be able to do that. Well, and, and again, if they're looking for viability from a TV contract standpoint, I mean, are they really going to get that by bringing in Boise State? You know, you've got the San Diego market and you got the Dallas market that you're currently courting. Right. It's a thousand times bigger than the Boise market. Yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, Boise State would be a bigger name, but there's just absolutely you know, that, that and TV better market does nothing for anybody and better competition. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be the first one to admit that, no doubt about it. But they're not bringing these other two schools in for competition; they're bringing them in for what they can do for the TV market. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Salty asks, which is more painful, a loss in the playoffs by Notre Dame or the Cowboys? Um, I would have to say the Notre Dame loss is okay. probably more painful because I'm pretty numb to the Cowboys losing <laughs> at this point. It's like, well, you should be I'm numb to Notre Dame losing it. in the playoffs too. Well, I've only done it twice though, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, for that matter, the way those two games have gone, you're pretty numb by halftime <laughs> to begin with. So it's not like, you know, I don't know. I, I I'd say Notre Dame though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't have another – like, I follow the Bears, but their winging and losing has no effect on me whatsoever. So, it is not even close to me. It's Notre Dame by far more than any other team that I would watch. By right. far. And then the you throw in the fact that we also cover the team and we are affected financially by their wins and losses. That is also – That's very true as well. That's very true as well. <laughs> Yes. Florida Irishman wants to know better record this year, LSU, Alabama, or Notre Dame. And we saw this question come in and we both were like scrambling <laughs> to find the schedules. So here's, here's yes. Alabama. You get, you pull up the LSU schedule. I'll pull up Alabama. Okay. I got okay. It. So here's Alabama, middle Tennessee state. Win. Texas. Win. South Florida. Win. Ole Miss. I, yeah, toss up? Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I know I'm higher on Ole Miss than, like, our buddy Brian, but. Right. At Mississippi State, that's a win. Yep. At Texas A&M, call it a win. A dumpster fire. Yeah. Arkansas. Win. Uh, Tennessee. Toss up. Yeah. We'll call it a toss up. Then LSU. I want to say win. LSU won a close one last year, but they did. Yeah. I want to say win for Alabama. Should have won the, this year. The Reese BK Bowl. Yeah. At Kentucky. Win. Chattanooga. Win. At Auburn. Win. So I'm I gonna say eleven and two. I'm gonna say eleven and two. You, okay. you had a few toss ups in there. I'm just gonna. I did. It's, I it's still Nick Saban, <laughs> so I'm gonna say eleven and two. So eleven and two. Includes the, the championship just regular season, just regular season. They only have 12 games in the regular season, right? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, 10 and 2. 10 and okay, two. okay, like, what was I thinking? But yeah, like SEC championship game. Gotcha. Okay, I would say if you include the SEC championship, I'll say 11 and 2. Okay, I think I think they pick up one loss someplace in there, and then look, Georgia's the champ until they're not, right? So I'll take Georgia in the championship, so I'll say 11 and 2. Okay. Now LSU, I played. We played this game with LSU last year. You remember this? I know. And I, know. I was very well, wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong uh, on this one. So, but let's play the game anyway. I, okay. Since I did it, I, I since I said wins and losses last time, I'll name the team. You tell me win or loss. Okay. All right. Here we go. Opening uh, at a neutral site, Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida State. I'm gonna say win. Okay. Grambling State. <laughs> I mean, better be a win, right? I would hope so. <laughs> Mississippi at Mississippi State, win. Okay, home against Arkansas. This is an interesting one here. It's a rivalry. Arkansas was better this year, at least you know, for part of the year anyway. That we thought they were getting. They kind of fizzled late. Toss up. I'll say okay. toss up. All right. Ole Miss. This is a tough one too. They're back to back. I know. I'm going to say they're going to lose one of these two because okay. they're back to back to back. Okay, fair enough. So we'll call one a win, one a loss, whichever okay. one it happens to be. All right. Good. I'm good with that. Yeah, Missouri. Okay. Win. 
Okay. Auburn? I think right now, win. I agree. Army? Win. Then they get their bye. And then, of course, they come off their bye for Alabama at Alabama. What did we call this when we were doing Alabama's? Did we go? I said Alabama was going to win that game. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, yeah. That's that's the direction I'm leaning. Okay. Then they host Florida. Win. Then, then they host Georgia State. Win. Okay. And then they host Texas A&M. Man, they lost that one this year. It's going to be in Baton Rouge, though. It That's is like, <laughs> talk about your butts on the hot seat. He, he could be on the hot seat in a, in a hurry if he loses to Jimbo two years in a row. That's a I'll good say point. win. We got a lot of wins for LSU with this we schedule. We really do. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, am. I feel like they're going to Brian Kelly at least one of these big games. You know, whether that's it's what I'm a- wondering. AM, yeah. Florida, Alabama, maybe even Auburn. But, you know, I get, I mean, I've, I tend to fall on the side of wins. Uh, so losses, right? So I, I said 11 and two. I don't think LSU gets to the championship. So I'll just do regular season. Okay. I want to say 10 and 2 or 9 and 3. 10 and 2 probably, unfortunately. Okay. That's what do you think? that's kind of along the lines of of where I am as well. Yeah. It hurts me to say it. It pains me to say it. But yeah. And as far as Notre Dame, I think they're oh, going to yeah. be right in that same. I think they're all going to be right around the same yeah. record. Basically, yeah. it's it's kind of a cop out, but I still think Notre Dame is right around ten and two. So yeah, I think yeah. I think ten and two is the floor for yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, I think anything less than that would be disappointing. And I said that going into this past year, and I I maintain that. It was we'll have a better feel after we know who the offensive coordinator is, though, right? You know, that, very that's good point. Thing, you know, of the three teams, there's still <laughs> there's still a gaping hole on the yeah. Notre Dame side. But Josh is right; it's a very weak schedule that LSU has to play this year. Really, really outside is. of Alabama, they are all very winnable. Yeah, then they got a couple of cupcakes. I mean, absolute cupcakes in there. They got two Division One AA teams. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. That's that's SEC scheduling for you, though. Yep. You know, it is what it is. I agree. Uh, there's one that I just saw come in that I'm going to save that I found Ooh. kind of interesting. I'm going to save that for rapid fire because I think it kind of goes with our lead rapid fire question. Okay. You know, like, I don't want to give too much away too early. Fair so, enough. So Thomas asks, who's got more of a chip on his shoulder? Hartman or his OC leaving or Tommy Reese proving his worth with talent? even though the players at Notre Dame, he recruited. You know, this is an interesting one. I don't know that Hartman has necessarily a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he came here for more than just Tommy Reese. So I don't know that he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I think think Tommy's a pretty competitive guy, and I think that he thinks that, you know, going to Alabama is a step up where he can improve his brand and all of those things. And, so I would say the bigger chip is with Tommy Reese, even though he's kind of directing how things are going right now. I mean, he's the one that made the decision to leave and all of that. I think Tommy's got the bigger chip on his shoulder. Hartman came here for more than just Tommy Reese. So right. I don't know. Now, he may be upset that it's not exactly how he thought it was going to go. but And there was a relationship came... with the Reeses of and course. all that kind of stuff. But of yeah. Course. But yeah, I, I still feel like the bigger chip has got to be for Tommy than it is for uh for Hartman yeah I mean I'm sure that that relationship helped get him here but it, I don't feel well you know we haven't got the chance to talk to him yet we'll actually get a chance to talk to him a little bit Friday and you know maybe kind of see you know how he feels about that but you know I, I just I don't I don't get the feeling like he's you know going to be ticked off necessarily yeah. because Tommy Reese left I you know I think that there's you know if it's a chip it's a bigger chip for Tom you know like he gets to face Brian Kelly this year and he's gonna get to face brian kelly every year down there you know as long as he's there so as long as both of them are there anyway so you know i think that maybe there's a little bit of a chip there because they didn't necessarily leave on good terms yeah when when brian kelly 
left and and wanted Tommy to go down there. So I think, you know, at least from that aspect and, 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 you know, maybe Tommy does feel, you know, like, you know, I, he was on Twitter. So we know that he was seeing things that were said about him during oh, yeah. the season. And, you know, even, even though like the, the explosion on Drew Pine is like the biggest outward, you know, sort of outburst we've ever seen from Tommy Reese. You know, there was there was probably more of that behind the scenes than than we ever really knew. You know, so he's you know kind of got a little uh, little temperament in him. So I'm sure he feels like he's got something to prove down there. So I, I I definitely lean more Tommy Reese on this one than Sam Hartman. I would say the biggest chip uh, probably resides on the shoulder of Drew Pine out of everybody. Uh, if we're if we're talking about chips on shoulders, right? So you know. Yes, I will say that I agree that Tommy is leaving on good terms. Jason says, I don't feel like Tommy Reese is leaving on bad terms. I don't think he's leaving on bad terms from Notre Dame. I think he's leaving on bad terms for a lot of people that are Notre Dame fans. Yeah, and like if, if that's what you <laughs> thought that I said, no, I, you know, I don't think he's necessarily leaving on bad terms at all. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody blames him for leaving. At least I don't. Anybody that actually assesses the situation in the manner of we're just talking about football and programs and who you're going to be working for. Look, even, even Marcus Freeman, as confident as he is in what he's doing at Notre Dame, he can't look at himself in the mirror and be like, I'm better than Nick Saban. Like, not yet. You know, I mean, that's a long road to hoe for, before we start talking about Marcus Freeman and Nick Saban in the same sentence, right. Or in the same stratosphere. And so, just like I've always said, when I was a head coach and I had an assistant leave or when I was an assistant on a staff and somebody would leave, if they leave for a, a parallel job, then you get pissed. If they leave for a better job, then you pat them on the back and you wish them good luck. That's the situation as far as I'm concerned. You know, he bettered his brand. He bettered himself by taking this job. There's no, there's no bad blood there as far as I know. Right. Uh, kind of a follow-up. Do you think Marcus was thinking that Tommy was leaving this year because of last year, Tommy was rumored to uh, go be the OC for Miami. You know, he did, wasn't just rumored. I mean, he did interview sure. down there. You know, like I think we said last Friday, if, if I were Marcus Freeman, I would have at least been prepared for the fact because again, about a year, you know, not not quite a year ago, exactly, right after the Super Bowl. I think it was, what, three days, two days after the Super Bowl when Al Golden got to town and they introduced all the coordinators at that press conference. You know, Marcus Freeman with Tommy Reese sitting 15 feet from him, you know, in a chair, you know, was, you know, that, that topic came up and he said something to the effect of, look, do you want to be here or not? You know, that was, that was a conversation yeah. that they had. And so... I would like if I'm Marcus Freeman after that last year, I would be prepared for it. And I know Sean Davis had some things to say. I haven't listened to the Lucky Lefty podcast yet, but I saw on the board Sean Davis yeah. had some things to say about I don't know how Love much is speculation and how much he actually knows, but he, you know, doesn't think that that relationship was necessarily all roses. So, right. They weren't going out and getting beers after games. It doesn't sound yeah. like, right. Which may be true. I mean, I, Sean, I know you've worked with people that you don't get along with. I've worked with people that I don't get along with, but you can still have a working relationship and yes. get things accomplished, you know, and, and still be successful in whatever job that you're doing. You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to get along with everybody. I know I haven't gotten along with everybody that I've worked with, but, you know, that's that's reality, you know? That's re that, that's the conversation I have with a kid who sits in my office. It's like, I can't be in the same class as so-and-so. I don't get along with them. Well, better... Better figure it out if you want to ever have a job because there's no way you're going to get along with everybody that you ever have a job with and you're going to have to be in the same room as that human. So, yeah, you know. That's exactly right. It's those. That's called, you know, learning how to be an adult. Everybody's, so, yeah, you got to pull up the big boy and big girl yeah. pants sometimes. And, and sometimes you just got to, you know, it's the same being on a team. Not everyone yes. likes each other 100%. The only thing that you can ask for is that when you're at your job and, you know, you're, you're, you're with the team, you know, like that, you know, coaches are respecting each other. And, you know, like there's there's a chain of command within the coaching yep. staff that you're not like as an assistant, you're not openly 
questioning things that the head coach says in front of players and other staff members and stuff. You know, it's like it's one thing to challenge them privately, you know, like if you're if you're talking about specific things, but it's a completely different thing to do it, you know, yes. in front of the team and, you know, those kind of things. There's a respect that you've got to have. Absolutely. So, and again, I'm not saying that those things took place, but, you know, it's just like that's that's part of the deal. Yes. You know? No doubt. No yep. doubt. Shytown asks if there are plans to have more local media guests on the show during the off season. And I will tell you, Shytown, it's something that I've kicked around. Um, it what makes it a little bit more challenging is, you know, like now, you know, like when I was with the radio station, for example, it's kind of like I was Switzerland. So, you know, I could have like anyone That's in the true. local media on and not worry about you know, affiliations and subscribers. And, you know, it's like now, you know, good part of your part of your base is sort of cut off because everyone's working for a different, you know, website. We're all, you know, kind of competing entities. If you have specific people, Chi-Town, who, you know, you might suggest, I'll put a list down. And, you know, I the again, the challenge is like, who we can get because of the competing entities slash, you know, who our listeners and viewers would be interested sure. in. Sure. You know, because there are definitely some guys we can get, but it's just a matter of who you're going to be interested in and and who can, you know, again, like where those lines are drawn, I guess. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. And I know that there's people out there who work for entities that won't allow them to be right. on opposing shows. Right. But we've right. had Tom Noy on, obviously, in the past. And, and obviously, he works for the South End Tribune. We've had uh, Tim Priester was on our Thanksgiving show over a year ago now. Uh, but he's a, he's a friend of the program. Right. Uh, Tim's a great guy. And there's plenty of guys that we talk to. And we, we like those guys over at Irish or, um, yeah, Irish Illustrated. That's who Priester's with. Right. Irish right. Illustrated. Yeah. Right. And uh, so those guys are great. Tim and Tim and. So, but yeah, well, I mean, there are other guys that, you know, like get along with, with a lot of them, but again, like, because of like who their boss might be and, you know, d dictating, well, you can't, you know, do that and that kind of, you know, it's just, you know, it happens. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be like, you know, like the local TV guys, it's not like they're going to go on, like they could all come on a radio show or a podcast, but they can't go on each other's <laughs> You know, right. TV stations, for Good example, point. you know, they can't, you know, it's like, you're not going to see the CBS guy sit down with the ABC guy and, right. you know, start, start chopping it up about Notre Dame football, you know, so. Exactly. And there, and there's, there's, there's plenty of people that have their own podcast where they're not going to want to boost our numbers, just like we probably wouldn't go on there necessarily boost their numbers. And yeah, that, it's just, it's all a, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. So we'll see. I mean, if there's people out there, like you said, if there's people out there that, really want us to talk to you know give us a list give us some names and we'll see if it's a viable option good call so tyler another tyler says he asked brian on his show he said manti i'd like to know if you could bring in a former player as a ga or analyst who would it be and why this is a very interesting one because yes manti i think would be really really good Number one, as a GA, because he's never coached before, right? So you don't want to bring him in as a position coach or anything like that. It would have to be an entry-level situation. But, man, he could recruit the crap out of kids. I mean, there's no way you could sit in a room with Manti and not be just all in by the time you got done with that conversation. I mean, right? yeah, he couldn't go out and recruit, but he could recruit when they're on campus. And that could be awesome. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that would be by far my number one, you know, oh gosh, maybe Zibby would be an interesting one to bring in as a GA. You know, and I guess he just started working at Western Michigan this past okay. year. Zibikowski. Like okay. he's decided, I guess that he wants to get into coaching. He would be a really interesting one actually. Okay. Like if he would want to do yeah. something like that. Yeah. And again, it would be difficult to bring somebody in as a GA unless they're, because already it's a GA, GA financially, graduate assistant, yeah. you know, so. If they're already fan financially stable, right, if it was a former NFL guy, you yeah. know, then you could have that conversation. But somebody like Brady Quinn isn't going to come in. His 
livelihood is tied to being a broadcaster. Not, he can't give that up. That's his right. paycheck. He's not going to give that up to come be a GA at Notre Dame. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people that might be good. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's tough. Like it is, especially for the position of, you know, like linebacker is what they need right now. And Manti makes absolute sense, you know, and sure. he, he is done playing. And uh, as a guy who, you know, hung around in the NFL for a few years, what, like at least seven, eight years, something like that, you know, like the financially viable part, you would hope that he's, you know, financially yeah. viable right now. But, like, you know, like, does he want to leave Hawaii? You know, does well, he's he got a newborn baby? Then? They got yeah, a couple like, of little kids. Is like... coaching something that he wants to go into? Because if you're right. going to take a position like that, you're basically saying, I'm going to become a football yes. coach. And, yeah, I'm starting on the ground floor and, you know. Yeah. The whole thing. It's not like you're doing it as a hobby. You know, that would be very difficult, obviously. So I don't see Manti being a viable solution, a viable possibility. I don't see him leaving Hawaii. I don't see him leaving his newborn child, you know, (laughs) to be a GA and go to class and, you know, do that kind of stuff. And, you know. uh, Yeah, I don't think Tim Brown is going to come in as a graduate assistant. He's like in his fifties <laughs> and it's like neither is Joe Montana Yeah, as <laughs> Joe is in his sixties, you know, it's Jimmy like, Clausen has again, way too big of an ego. Again, you have to know GA means graduate assistant. It right. means that part of you being here is you're at least in some kind of graduate school and you're starting off as low as you can to try to work your way up the coaching ladder. So Watson is that Courtney Watson I think that that would be a really interesting one but again like Courtney gosh it's been like 20 years since he was here so it's not like he's a young pup either you right. know he's he's been around Goolsby you know and I think you know I've from what I've heard you know Goolsby is is interested in getting into it so you know another really good linebacker you know again Bryant Young Probably eliminates himself. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to go be a GA somewhere. Because <laughs> remember, these are not full-time positions that we're talking about. You know, these are, you know, either very low-level paying or student attached to it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of good suggestions. It's just that within the parameters of what's realistic, it's not going to happen. The The reality is, everybody that they're going to hire two GAs who you've never heard of. Right. That That's what's like going Like having happen. James Laurinaitis was like, you know, that, that was a, almost as high profile as you're going to find. Right. Really. And they're not going to hire a kicker to be the GA because that's just not going to happen. They need the GAs to do position coaching. I mean, that that's what you need a GA for. They, they actually do coach on the field. Like they are guys that you need to coach. They're not going to hire somebody to be a special teams GA like that. That they don't have enough of those to make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, I mean, there. Look, I would love to have all of those people. We have no idea who they're going to hire as GAs. That is so far off the radar. People are worried about the offensive coordinator, not the GAs. Right. I, I, that's just. I don't know who they're going to hire as the GA. And we'll all find out together because they will definitely won't make an announcement about it because that's not what they do for GAs. Those guys will just show up and get to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sean, and I'll let you tackle this mm. one, Mr. Offensive Coordinator. When you talk personnel like 12 or 13, does it matter whether the quarterback is under center like in the I formation? Not when you're saying 12 or 13 personnel. That has nothing to do with where the quarterback is placed. It is just all it has to do with is Who's on the field? So obviously, twelve personnel is two tight ends, one running back. Thirteen is three tight ends, one running back. The quarterback can be wherever he can be split out wide in wildcat formation, and it would still be thirteen personnel if you have three tight ends and one running back on the field. Right. So it really makes no difference where the quarterback is located, uh, and it doesn't matter where the particular people line up either it's it's what position group you come from because you remember what's his nugget you know the Alabama quarterback I think it was the Syracuse game when he kept calling Jaden Thomas a tight end and he was referring to you know like 13 or 14 personnel because Jaden Thomas was lined up in a tight end position attached 
to the line, but obviously he's a wide receiver. And it's right. like, you know, right. And, and someone, you know, after that, I, I, you know, it was like a thing. I think I called him out for it on Twitter and someone was like, well, well, he was, he was lined up as a tight end, you know? So it, doesn't no, matter. It, it doesn't matter. You use <laughs> this personnel grouping because of the position groups that they come from. It's literally, you know, it just makes it easier. Right. You know, for the coaches to figure out. Correct. So, so if you got a, yeah. if you've got a tight end lined up in H back, he's still a tight end. Right. If, if, if he's attached as a tight end, he's still a tight end. If he's right. split out, he's still a tight end. That's why, you know, like Chris Tyree, who would line up in the slot or as a wide receiver wherever, and with another, you know, estimate or digs in the backfield, that is two, as in 21. You know, if you have two right. of them, it, it, again, it doesn't matter if he's in the backfield or where he's lined up, because in more cases than not, a linebacker is going to be responsible for Chris Tyree still. Correct. Know, so. Good chalk talk, Coach. Thank you. Enjoy it. I should have got my whiteboard out. Salty wants to know, is it certain that Tommy Reese will not be taking any Notre Dame coaches with him to Alabama? He took a graduate assistant, and I don't know the kid's name, but I know there's a grad assistant that I believe he wants to take with him. Uh, I don't know. I Brian would know his name. Again, it's a grad assistant, so it's kind of right. under the radar. Uh, but no, none of the regular coaches are going to be leaving to go with Tommy Reese. Yeah, I mean, he was the holdover. And, you know, w- right. with the exception of, you know, like, you know, one, Nick Saban has his own guys down there. I don't think Nick Saban was making this like, yeah, you can bring, you know, whoever your position coach in that. And, you know, like Marcus Freeman hired the rest of the guys. The, the closest ties are with Heastand, and I can't see Heastand upping him, yeah. you know, like. Harry Heastan was still living here in South Bend when he was working for the Bears, and then in the interim when he yeah. wasn't working at all for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. I can't see him packing up and moving to Tuscaloosa just because Tommy. Did. Uh, no, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Shannon wants to know over under 15 touchdown passes for Sam Hartman this fall. And I will just say this, if Sam Hartman doesn't have close to double that number, it's yeah. going to be a major disappointment to me. Yes. Unless so, he has to have 30, but close to that number. Well, I think, okay, can we reset this number at 30? Sure. Let's reset the number at 30. That's probably the number, right? Yes. To me, it is. Absolutely. Anyway. Yes. I know you're, you're, you're the guy who sets the numbers. You're really good at that. But I think setting the number at 30 is a, is where we can actually have a conversation. Right. If he's at 15 touchdowns, this team is in major trouble. And that means he's probably in traction someplace because he right. got hurt halfway through right. the season. I, I like, just... Even if there are a lot of rushing touchdowns, you know, by the running backs and even, you know, maybe him, you know, I don't know. But like, even if there are a lot of rushing touchdowns, I would still say, you know, and I'm talking about like around 20-ish rushing touchdowns, I'm still saying 25 or so touchdown passes for Sam Hartman because it's, I just, I I think the passing game is going to look so much different than what we've become accustomed to seeing over the last few years. You know, again, we don't know what the offensive coordinator is going to look and that's like. That's a big one. But Marcus Freeman is obviously looking for, you know, he's got Sam Hartman here. You know, right. like he's he's not going to, you know, he Marcus Freeman wants to run the ball, but he's not going to look for someone who just wants to ground and pound. 
all the time. He still wants Sam Hartman to be able to use that arm. That's why they brought him in. Yeah, if we're if we're setting the number at 30, I'm taking the over. I mean, assuming that Sam Hartman is going to be healthy all year. I'm, I'm still, taking, I'm taking that's the over. how I'm leaning. Yeah. Ian Book did over. it. If Ian Book can, I've you know, again, yeah. we're assuming a fully healthy Sam Hartman. I'm I'm gonna say yes over yeah. 30 for Sam Hartman as well. I love John's answer. I'm going with the under because Buckner is going to be the quarterback. <laughs> okay. That's hey. fair. That's fair. You never know with a new coordinator coming in. Maybe he wants right. the dual thread and new set of eyes, right? I'm not taking it off the table. And I would say if I was a betting man and I was putting percentages on it, I think the Tyler Buckner for quarterback probably maybe he went up a couple of percentage points after Tommy left. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It just depends on who they bring in. It'll be, I mean, it's yeah. gonna be a competition. Masio, I think that's how you say his name is saying under, but Brent is saying 40. Terry is saying 40 that might be and uh the answer josh is yes he did say passing yes not yeah uh, yeah i say over he's gonna have over 30 passing touchdowns yeah absolutely i think so too what's the record do we do you do you know that off the top of your head was it clausen or was it quinn i can't it it seems like mid third like 36 ish seems like the record off the top of my head are you looking for it? I am looking for it. Let's see here. What is this? Statistical leaders. All right. Let's see here. Passing. Uh, it was two no. years Quinn had. There we go. Oh, single season. Brady Quinn, 37. Mm, missed it by one. And Ian Book is two at 34. There you go. And then Brady, Brady Quinn is third at 32. There you go. So those are the only three guys that have gone over 30 at Notre Dame. Quinn did it twice. Quinn did it twice. That's right. So Quinn is also the overall touchdown leader. He's got 95. That's going to be a tough number to match someday. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's, so, you know, the question is going to be, is Hartman going to, is Hartman going to break the single season yeah. record? Absolutely. Hey, Drew Pines in the top 10. FYI. <laughs> it's got 22. Hey, who would have known? I know. And uh, Jack Cohn tied for eight. EJ wants any speculation on NBC announcers yet. Who would you like? Well, I can tell you who I'd like. As far as speculation, I mean, nothing I've seen. And, you know, I listen to the media podcast that I talk about on the show from time to time. And it doesn't sound like any changes coming. I was gonna, I was just going to say, like, why do we think it's going to change? Right. I mean, I haven't heard that it's going to. And... I wouldn't say that they've grown out of the position. That's for sure. So I don't know why they would change it. It's probably going to be the same two chuckleheads that are in there now. Yeah. Because the problem is to go, you know, to get somebody else, you're going to have to hire somebody else specifically to do Notre Dame football. So you're going to hire someone to do six, you know, and maybe some other stuff, you know, like Tom Hammond used to do Olympics and stuff like that. What, like swimming or gymnastics or whatever it was that he yeah. did you know and nbc just doesn't you know like they just don't have a big stable of games like fox like espn obviously is doing multiple games they need a lot of announcers fox even does sure. more games <clears throat> nbc is hiring noah eagle uh, we've talked about this before ian eagle's son he's going to be the lead play-by-play guy todd blackledge is going to be the analyst to do those Big Ten primetime games, which start this fall, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm glad that I'm going to be at the Notre Dame games because, like, I would the difference in the quality of those booths could not be much farther apart. Like, if you watch both of those games, if you watch a Notre Dame game with the booth that they're going to have, assuming it's the same, and I don't see any reason, you know, that right. it won't be the same, and and then you watch. That booth, like Ian Eagle is like Jesse's age, and he's really good. Like the timbre <laughs> of his voice, I think, is even better than his dad's. Like, you know, their play-by-play sounds very similar. I think Ian's is a little bit, you know, like higher pitch, whereas okay. you know, like Noah, young guy. Yeah, I he's uh I, I think I've talked before, he's done like over the last couple of years when Nickelodeon, when they've done some of those games on uh, NFL games on Nickelodeon. He has done those games and he did like some NFL network 
Saturday games, you know, after the college football season ended this so, year. And he so what really you're saying good. is he's put his time in and he's worked his way through. Yes. I mean, yes. a little bit of name recognition. Don't get me wrong, but he's put in a heck of a lot more play by play hours than the yeah. guys that are in the booth for Notre Dame games. Right. Right. And he's, yeah, he's the voice of the LA Clippers as well. Okay. You know? Well, so there you go. He's doing games on a regular basis. He's doing yeah. a lot of games. Yep. So I I don't think the NBC booth is going to change. And, you know, like, I don't know who I'd bring in, <laughs> but like the booth that's going to be doing those Big Ten games, that would be like, I like that would be a per, like based on what the alternative is, it would be dream scenario, I think. I think it could be. Because, it, like, and I realize no one's ever going to be 100% on an announcer. You know, and like, there's going to be people, oh, Blackledge and whatever and pens, you know, whatever you want to say about Blackledge. I happen to think he's a, a, you know, a pretty good sure analyst who, you know, hasn't gotten caught up in, you know, in a lot of the, the BS that some of these other guys get caught up in. Now you start doing higher profile games and stuff like that. Maybe that happens, but heck. NBC, go get Sean McDonough. I don't know what his contract is, you know, with with ESPN, but you know that I think he would be a great one as well. Like, uh, you know, like of possibilities out there if he is a possibility. Because one thing, from what I understand, basketball is also part of these rights deals. Like, not only are you not going to see Big Ten football on ESPN anymore, you're not going to see Big Ten basketball Hmm. on ESPN anymore. So I don't know if NBC is going to start televising, you know, more Big Ten, you know, or any Big Ten basketball because they're not in the basketball business, really. Or, if you know, like if Fox is just going to absorb some of that because they obviously have, you know, some games on Fox and FS1 and FS2 and that kind of thing. But that would be interesting if, if NBC is also going to add any basketball. Because then if you did that, you would be giving some incentive to one of these other announcers, sure. whoever it would be, to leave ESPN or, or Fox or whatever and, and go over to NBC because you'd have more opportunities than just a handful of Notre Dame football games once it, you know, on Saturdays. Yeah. Six games a year. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. It's and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Big Ten if let's say, for example, Notre Dame, Ohio State is the Big Ten game of the week. I'd be ousting the boys out of the uh, NBC booth and letting the Big Ten Game of the Week guys do that game. You know what I mean? Because it's on NBC, right? You can't have it on two different NBCs. So I'd like, sorry, fellas, you get the week off. We're going with the A-team. You know, I mean, that would be nice, but I don't, I just don't know how that would work. Tyler Evans wants to know, who's the most annoying announcers? He says he uh, wants to watch the, you know, game and, and muted. I loved when, you know, before all the seven second delays, I, I think I've talked before about how when I was in college, we'd, you know, turn, we'd mute the game on the TV and put on the radio guys. Yeah. And stuff like that. That's how I used to watch Cubs games. I used to yeah. listen to the radio and I still would if it wasn't for the, well, I can't even watch Cubs games anymore, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. But there are uh, a lot of the ESPN guys who are annoying just because they're so low level. You know, they're not near like, like the McDonough or even Fowler yeah. quality. You know, they really, kind of annoy me um i don't know all of their names specifically uh the the other one though there, there's a couple of, like spiro Ditas from cbs i can't stand him and so i'm glad that one the cowboys are on fox more often and two he's a little bit lower on the food chain nfl for cbs but he is one that as soon as i hear him calling a game i'm i'm flipping to something else that's fair um, i don't know you are there any for I, you I... I tend to tune it out uh, when I'm watching games, to be honest with you. I really do too. Like I don't usually do other things. If it's a game that I'm into, the announcer, like most of what is said on the TV sort of flies by me because I'm focused on the game itself. But if if I'm a casual watcher of a game, I really don't care about. Then I actually hear more of what those guys are saying. And, you know, like, like I said, there's, there's not too many Spiro games, you know, that I'm, Right, like that intently into it. If I'm, if it's just casual, it's like, nope, not today. I'm sorry. I mean, there there have been some people in the Notre Dame booth that have annoyed me. 
I mean, that, yeah. uh, I'll be real honest with that. Collinsworth is one of them. And Doug Flutie is one of them. Those, both of those guys annoyed me pretty good. You know, I don't really have an issue with Jason Garrett. I just think that he got paired up improperly. And I, I think yeah. he brings decent insight into the game. He just doesn't get set up properly. So I can't, I think really he could be, I think that. he could be better if he was working with a more veteran announcer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. So those are the ones I can remember. Like I, I enjoyed listening to Tom Hammond. I really enjoyed listening to Tariko. I enjoyed, uh, oh gosh, what was, uh, Mayock. I thought he did a good job. I know he was two X's and O's for some people, but mm -hmm. I dug that. I, I enjoyed that part of it. There are there are a couple other announcers, like play-by-play -play guys. This is what I was thinking of when I was talking there before. There are a couple others who, to me, they they like they they put the analyst on the spot too much. You know, it's one thing to set him up to 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 let the analyst make a point, but a lot of times, you know, like. It, and it's not just once or twice. It's it's like every other play. It's like, oh, should they be going for it here? You know, what do you think? Or you know, what should they do here on this play? And it's like now he's now you're putting the analyst in the spot where he's got to right. predict, you know, pass or run or you know what yeah. the play is going to be. It's just like let let it come naturally and just let the analyst respond. You don't have to be putting him on the spot yeah. all the time. So there's yeah. there's a couple who do that. I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but it annoys me when i hear that right don't put these guys on the spot like that they can't predict right. the future like because well, you basically then you're second guessing the coach yeah. every other play in the course of a broadcast and, there, and there's there's parts of the game where you can do that you can you can ask the opinion like hey you know what would you do if you were in their position or you know what that kind of a thing i have no problem with that because the color guy is supposed to be the x's and o's expert right and mm -hmm. so i don't have a problem with like what would you do hey it's fourth and one what would you do you know, that kind of, I have no problem with that because that sparked the conversation. Right. You know, but not, what are they going to do here? Right. You know. Shannon Burmeister is really good on the radio. Too bad he can't be on TV. I, I really agree, you know, based on the alternative, because he actually did TV for NBC right. Sports Network before he got hired by Notre Dame <laughs> Radio. I think that, that he, I think that Burmeister would have, would have been a huge step up for the TV, for the Absolutely. TV booth. You know, it's especially just in terms of, of experience. And see, that's a lot different. That's the perfect storm for me. If you move Burmeister and Ryan Harris to the TV side, you and I take over the radio side. Boom. Coast off Problem of the solved. sunset. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Problem solved. There we go. Thank mm -hmm. you.